going live in five, four, three. <laughs> Unlace those pantaloons and grab a fistful of ankle. We're greased up like a Sunday dock and ready to... Huh. This is Reality Checks with Con and Dex, and we're coming in hot. We got hot gossip and hotter goslings. Brought to you by Foul Plate Gastropub, the hollow-boned home of the triple-stuffed, slow-roasted, maple-bourbon-glazed Falkegelhawk. When Avoid Cove opened up into Lula Baker's basement filled to the brim with squawking meat, she did the only thing she could. When life gives you chickens, you roast the fuckers. And speaking of roasting, the Baron of Strathic, known for his quick wit and quicker exits, made a crack about the missing arm of the Duchess of Strafe during the Barony Ball at Fort Mowalark. He was out the door before the Baron of Axbury could bury his axe in this jester's ass. Even though, according to the eyewitnesses, the Duchess herself couldn't stop laughing at the gag. You hear the one about the market price of duck feathers? I guess down is up. <laughs> speaking of duck... Maybe you should check your schedule in the L'Orange sometime to come down to Foul Plate. Ugh, L'Orange time? No wrong answers in improv decks, which brings us to the Q&A. Are you guys dating? No. Do you want to? No. I fancy the ladies myself. And I fancy pants. And you're giving me shit for Duck All Orange? Only because it gave me the shits. You shouldn't talk that way about our sponsor decks. Look, just cause some bird-brained bitty paid me in Pelican Marsala doesn't mean I'm gonna stop being me. You buy the decks, you get the... Well, go on. I'm waiting. You buy the decks... Uh, you lose your checks. Close enough! Your rendezvous site deprives you of the glorious, verdant vistas that you've come so accustomed to. Instead, you stand in a clearing that was forcibly made for you by the denizens of Polyphemus. Nature abhors a vacuum, and you can already see as that very nature begins to creep in at the edges. You had been given a week to acquire the primordial core. That week has elapsed. So, you weren't born. You're built. Or grown? Hmm. If you really think about it, all of us are built in one way and born in another. Look, where I like the poetry of what you're saying, I cannot agree with you. I am of the earth that we stand upon and the trees whose air we breathe. All right. So if we take you from here, do we need to, like, bring a bag of dirt or something to make you, you know, nice and healthy while you grow? To be honest, I had never considered leaving this place. But where the heart goes, I shall follow. The you ever, huh? Hmm. What you see on the outside carries through to the core. Ah, see where it's hard on a sleeve. I'd like to use my Sin Eater profession. I want to use Insight to try and see if I can glean his intentions, his desires. Hmm. Fucking, I honked it up. That's a, that's like a 10. You pick up on loads of wholesome innocence mm. and very little foresight regarding what will happen in the next five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> From her small stature, Lydda gets uncomfortably close. Where's the out hole? <laughs> mm. <laughs>
more than you can count and too small to see. <laughs> oh, I thought the heart question was fucking invasive, but damn little. <laughs> Where is Troth's voice coming from? It the, seems the out hole. <laughs> <laughs> A cacophony of tiny voices. <laughs> it seems to resonate from his neck region and is amplified by the shape of his large mushroom cap. Forget about the owl. Where's the in-hole? You're so single-minded when it comes to holes. Some can be both. Look, I have both holes, and I make plenty of use of both. Every surface of my membrane can be an in- or out-hole. I just choose to use what is historically acceptable. That's disgusting. Hey, six in, two out, like Gob intended. Generally, I'd say the thing I'm most concerned about when it comes to in and out holes is historicity. I appreciate your attention to detail. This might be the most uncomfortable line of questioning I've ever been around personally. And um, not to rain on the parade here, but like, look, as long as neither of you shite on my ship, we'll be fine. Does that apply to me as well? Because I can squeeze one off over the gunnel, but I don't think I'm going to like it. They get a choice. We don't. Right. I believe now it would be customary for me to ask questions of you. Hey, please don't ask about poop holes. Not of interest. Good. What are your intentions for the heart? Yours. To guide it and guard it wherever it goes. I was talking about yours. Oh. My heart is now bound to this one. He says, gesturing to the core in his hand. Now, not trying to come off as perhaps insensitive thoughtless but uh too late <laughs> all right fair <laughs> but i think we need that to get from point a to point wherever we need to go it's gonna get utilized son just like you explore the vast wide distances of fuck knows where he points one of his fingers up to the skies the heavens to the skies and beyond this is great news <laughs> right there with you. The heart sings to return to the beyond from whence it came. Oh. Hearing his excitement, Lita puts her wrench back down. I've never... <laughs> my, my people have never seen anybody so excited to be uh, exploited. The two greatest callings of my life came from the very heavens. The first when I was first woven. A chunk of land crashed into the earth far to the north. A structure of a foreign world. And inside I found paintings and books of an old forgotten history, chunks of something lost, of great knights riding into battle with valor, guarding their lieges, telling noble stories of their deeds. And I found my calling. The next most recently when the heart plummeted like a purple arrow from the heavens and pierced the land. It drew me to its light. It sings to me as it resonates. It is my liege. Darlu is enraptured with everything that was just coming out of Trough's mouth, particularly interested in the phrase, the heart crashing like a purple arrow. He perks up as much as he can and settles into a generally excited state once you're done talking. You know, never been a fan of chunks, but I love everything else you're saying. How will you use the heart to seek the heavens? Now that's a question right there. I don't actually know how to use one of those things. Not many do. 
typically, it's only mechanics. And uh, even then, most of the time, it's only those who've been given uh, special permission to have the knowledge. Leonard, do you have permission? Machines are no complicated than nature. You just put the rod in the hole and it works out in the end. But besides, permissions never stopped me before. Well, there's a difference between kitbashing what you've already found and building yourself an original collar. That's the thing. Basically, they've got to find a way to focus the energy into this ship. That's our next task. Hey, I've built a ship. I know how to do it. Now, by ship, what exactly do you mean? Many emotions cross over Lita's face as you ask that. Never mind. It's none of your business. And I have never seen a herd as strangely assembled as the four of you. What is it that drew you together? Why do you move as one? Money. Mostly money. Duty. Respect. A greater calling. <laughs> but it's all the same thing that draws us to use you. Exploitation of the resources. These are words that I understand. You will have to tell me of this money. Knowledge. Where I come from is money. And none exploit knowledge like the Nuddites. I'll give that to you. What did you have? They wouldn't have come to your island if you didn't have something for them. That is correct. You notice he uses the non-personal pronoun they. It's as if they take value in going where they're not supposed to go. That's why they build ships. That's why the heart has found its way to your world. They're the have-nots. They're looking to be the haves. You're a have. So what did you have? A place in our own small universe. Ignorance. It's like talking to a horoscope. Money's a construct. But then again, some of my favorite things are constructs. The constructs you speak of as you wear on your shell are woven by mortal hands. And I am a construct of the living earth, fueled with anima as blood runs through your veins. So I have gathered... Based on your looks and the way you speak, each of you is from a herd of your own. Well, if your ambitions are to take the heart somewhere far from here, I shall come with you and learn of your herds and see the mysteries of the beyond. Looking upwards towards the heavens, a twinkle in his dead black eyes. You're the first. I've had a choice in joining the crew. And I'd be a fool to turn you away. My first hire. <laughs> they just got to make sure you get the paperwork right. Rarely do raiders have paperwork. As you say that, a loud crack can be heard off in the distance. In the sky, a ship has appeared. A large, heavy wood and steel construct that begins to descend into the lower atmosphere of this particular island. Troth has his spear and shield out as they're ready for combat. The beast returns. And look how good they are at trespassing. Despite its impressive aesthetic, it is a rather small vessel. Some of you recognize it as a tug ship. It is drawing a vessel that many of you have not seen yet. Inascarish vessels are not wide, but long. Built with two curling posts on the front and back, the fore and aft. A single mast sits in the middle, with all sails drawn up and rope binding it in place. The front of the vessel has a small triangular landing, big enough for one person to stand on and look for hopeful shores. 
The vessel's rear has a similar platform, but square and large enough for more than one person. Sat atop a small structure that looks vaguely like a house. These raider ships try to be prepared for all possible outcomes and scenarios. Complete with what is essentially a raisable umbrella on the sides. More canvas attached to the gunnels and sides that can be drawn up toward the mast to create either a shroud of mystery or secrecy, hiding the number of people on board, or protect you from inclement weather. Though being very much of the design of Daralu's people, it appears to be brand new and made of living wood. That, that vessel, I recognize its make. It is of those born from the seeds of the earth. Aye, and about as scarlet as they come. I feel a warm connection to this creature. I do, too. Good thing we're about to spend a long time on it. That thing? Ugh, why would you want a ship made out of wood? It's not even ether dynamic. You want to round the front for ramming and put the cargo in the back. You're describing a barrel. (laughs) No, I'm describing a proper ether ship. Well, when I'm done with it, It'll be in tip-top shape. Don't you worry. I'm worried. (laughs) As it descends into the lower atmosphere of Nidrasil, you get a better look at the ship that's drawing it. It currently flies a league flag above a badger atop a laurel. It is not uncommon for league ships to fly the league seal above all others. As it nestles to the ground, your ship is released. Then, a portion of the gunnel slides to the side, and a gangplank is lowered. Beast or not, here's a ride. The man that exits looks as though he is perhaps 19 years old, extraordinarily lanky, and riddled with psoriasis. He also bears a mustache that is wildly disproportionate with both his age and his face. Large and strawberry blonde and twirled up with wax, it seems to be the most masculine thing about him. He's like the same age as Darlin. <laughs> <laughs> He's carrying a stack of paperwork, and he steps down and hails you nearer. Welcome to the League of Ultimate Questing. He reaches into his pocket and pulls out a paper cracker and lets her rip. <laughs> a small amount of confetti goes flying around, and there's a paper crown that drops to the ground and immediately gets dampened with dew. <laughs> <laughs> So definitely not a raider. Too much paperwork. (laughs) I think we're safe. He drops the remains of the paper cracker. He holds out a piece of paper to you. Here's your receipt of vessel. What letter comes after H? I. Your affirmation will act as transfer of liability and acknowledgement of the vessel was received in working order and without damage or alteration. Here's your title indeed. Thank you. Furthermore, you're a cheeky fuck. This is your primordial core stewardship agreement. Sign here, here, and initial here. This waives the league of all liability regarding incident and events surrounding the primordial core. By signing, you take full responsibility for all acts committed by and aboard this league vessel. Without hesitation, Darlu will sign. That's a very pretty signature. Thank you. I've never written before. (laughs) Misuse of property bearing the league seal can carry void prison sentences of up to one millennium. Here is a list of League-approved shipwrights to contact for your primordial core install. He hands you basically a contact sheet. I am going to pass that sheet over to Lydda and the pen and say, <laughs> write your name on it. Lydda quickly scrawls her name 
running past both of them onto the ship. And despite all of her earlier protests, immediately just flattens herself against the deck like a starfish, face down. It's okay, baby. They can't hurt you anymore. I'm going to take real good care of you. Out of curiosity, what does goblin writing look like? Lita's signature looks like a pictogram of a wrench, a bag, and a butt. The butt isn't part of her name. It's a bonus. (laughs) It's a goblin exclamation. (laughs) After installation, you can report to any League officer participating League Tavern for assignment or bulletin, and may, at your own discretion, accept any quests within the central cluster for which you feel you are qualified. Please note that within League space, verbal contracts are legally and cosmically binding. The League does not accept any liability for injury, death, or existential consequence incurred during non-League quests. Fine, fine, I understand. Get on with it. All this to say that you should be responsible for your own actions. You'd be surprised what people do when you don't have paperwork. (laughs) You might be. (laughs) Travel outside the central cluster is not advised until you've achieved hero rank and until your core has achieved unity with your ship. He gives Troth a bit of a eyebrow raise. What is this gesture? (laughs) Do they wish to fight? (laughs) I think he's telling you not to do what Lita's doing right now. (laughs) Your rank of novice grants you partial diplomatic immunity against crimes committed in pursuit of any official league quest. Note that these protections are severely limited, and until you have achieved champion rank, it is not advised to rely upon them. We're on Nidrasil right now. What's the name of the other main continent? Nod. This verbal affirmation concludes our interaction. Welcome to the League of Ultimate Questing. We wish you luck. He turns around, climbs the gangplank, (laughs) and the ship takes off. Everybody has to find their fun somewhere. Twice. Twice he tricked me. Twice. (laughs) Fucker. I knew the second one was coming. I ain't never heard of no Thanes who weren't willing to take responsibility for their dead. But if this is what I need to do to be Bad Flatha, fine. Look. I got my own talk before we go on the ship, and it's short and sweet. And I know Lita's already on the ship, but it still applies to her. Once we're aboard that vessel, my word is law. My word is unquestionable. I am Bad Flatha. I am captain. You do not argue with the captain. You do as you're told. I'll never tell you to do anything that isn't in your or our best interest. I'll never intentionally tell you to do anything harmful or dangerous aboard the ship, lest the situation calls for it. It's my responsibility. We get to where we're going, as whole as we can. You understand? There is one voice that you and I should listen to above even your own, he says, holding the heart up. Otherwise, the terms you suggest are quite agreeable. I know many songs, but not the one from that heart yet. And I hope, aboard the ship, I have time to learn it. You can issue whatever orders you want. In combat, you'll get total agreement. When the ship's in danger, you'll get total agreement. But I choose how I spend my time. Everyone works together. Everyone has a job aboard. Long as you're not wasting everyone's time, I don't have a problem with that. I won't. And so it turns out, somewhere inside that boy, there is a captain. Darlu puffs out his chest and looks real proud of himself. (laughs) Then I vow to you... My spear, my service, and my honor. He says, taking a knee, core under one arm, spear across his lap. Food and blood, or sit by a fire. I willingly put myself in your care. Calling over. Lita, you catch that? 
Yeah, yeah. If the money abides, the goblins will ride. <laughs> well, with that, let's touch deck. <laughs> I cannot wait to explore the heavens with you and guide the core. He says, moving forward, even ahead of you, kind of with a jaunty step. Boldly rides the wielder knight into the sacred wield. Guardian of nature's realm with mighty spear and shield. Glory and honor and might and always knowing what's wrong from right. It's the wielder knight. I like that guy. (laughs) (laughs) You explore the ship. Nestled into the superstructure is a door which leads down a small stair to what can be generously called a galley. It is four seats and a table roughly the size of a matchbook, and a kitchen that, well, is functionally a cutting board that has been screwed into a wall. To either side and back, there are hallways, which lead to crew quarters. There are four quarters available, and then at the far end, there is the captain's quarters. The center of the ship opens up to reveal the hold. At the rear of the hold, beneath the galley, is the core room, currently completely empty. Get to finding your rooms. I think you know which one's mine. Hmm. He sits down on the cutting board. Wrong. (laughs) Wrong. I am not used to having some kind of enclosure to hide me from the rest of the world. Think of it less as a spot to hide you from the world, and more of a spot where you can grow and flourish in your own company. Why do you get the big room? Because I'm the captain. Yeah, but I need a workshop. You'll have one. He doesn't care about the privacy. Why don't you stay with the call? This sounds like the place I am destined to stay, yes. Plus any excess energy that feeds off he can pick up. That kind of stuff can mess with the dream. I understand that. You'll still need a place to put your stuff, your things, something important to you. Call room's big. Holds right there. Look, you buy yourself an extra room. You can rent it out or you can get yourself some extra crew. You don't mind. You provide a fine point. Lita, looks like you have a workshop. All right. Foe has a point, though. If we take on some tourists, we can charge them money, and, well, if things get tough, we can eat them. Ether B&B. <laughs> as she's saying that, Foe is tapping his nose. And as for my belongings, he says, holding up a spear and a shield. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell you where I hide the javelins. <laughs> well... If we have any scrap metal lying around, I need it. Uh, we don't. (sighs) It's gonna make this harder. Needs a strong word for arts and crafts. Hey, this ship is made of wood, and there are all sorts of structural points that need to be reinforced in case we want to ram something. In case we have to ram something. He sticks his knife into the wood and pulls it out, and sap starts to drip out. You stopped my ship! This is living wood. It's also nitrocilly wood. You got nothing to worry about for structure. As the knife draws out and the explanation is given, Troth walks over and holds his hand up to it and using druid craft closes the wound. There, there. She'll suffer worse than that. I'm sure. Wait, so how are we supposed to hang things on the walls? You can stab my ship. (laughs) Maybe you can ask it nicely to grow a thorn. (laughs) I do have a crafting job for you. I'd like you to build a sleeping bowl for Gigil. I assume you melt. I strive to keep my form at all times until the decade is over. He'll need a sleeping bowl in about ten years. (laughs) You got a time limit. (laughs) Just tell me the specs and, well, I'll I'll need a stump, a metal ring, and a femur, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, if I may, it is very 
culturally and spiritually important that I construct my own bowl. The room in which I entomb myself during the molten season defines what I will be for the next decade. So while I appreciate the friendly jesting, I will take care of myself. Fair enough. I'll go ahead and point my friendly jests at the others. Be honest, the femur was for gnawing, wasn't it? No, you animal, it's for dishing. Ah, a spoon. (laughs) (laughs) Don't eat our friends. A straw. The gnawing is a bonus. (laughs) Femur, bonus. (laughs) Wasn't a joke. (laughs) Foe steps up and says, These Nigerilla woven ships, they can't fly fast without a call. Which means we're looking at about a week before we can get to any of these places on this list. Keep that in mind. Sailing's never fast. I appreciate the heads up. You'll be surprised. And once we find a proper raccoon, you will too. And can you not hear it? He leans down and puts his head against the side of the core pulsing with pink energy. She purrs. I think she knows she's home. Once upon a time, there was a little boy, like me, just like you. One day, that boy was playing with his friends, when he saw a fair maiden crying, far afield. How far? Out in the fog. She was in a dream? Yes, she was. There in the dream she wept crying to a mother who could not hear her. I don't like this story, Mummy. But the boy could hear her. Yes, he could. Don't go. He was a brave boy and could not stand to see a fair maiden weep. Please don't go. But he did go. Have you heard this story before? Off he strode into the fog of dream, bold as can be. But as he neared the fair maiden, what did he see? Her eyes. Ah, yes, the eyes. His mother's eyes. How did you get my mummy's eyes? The boy asked. Because she was the first to find me. And a music box began to play. Once upon a time, there was a little boy, like me, just like you. One day, that boy was playing with his friends, when he saw a fair maiden cry. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. All I want for Christmas is L-U-Q. Merry Christmas, cuties. Each and every one of you is a gift, and it means the world to have you here with us. I imagine not many of you are cracking into this episode on its day of release, and for those of you who are, I'm glad we made it into your holiday festivities. If it weren't for the fact that this is my first chapter of the season, I probably would have done a Christmas-themed one. Hopefully next year, we can come in with some holiday cheer. In general, if you're wondering what to get us for Christmas, the answer is always the same. There's no gift like a living wage consider donating to the Patreon. It helps us keep the lights on and maintain some amount of motivation after doing this for, Christ, almost six years. But as I sit here on Christmas morning, putting the episode together, slightly hungover from Christmas Eve drinks and staring down the barrel of my lovely mother, I realize that money or no, holiday or no, listener or no, we ain't quit. I'm in this, and I wouldn't want it any other way. Thank you for listening. Happy holidays and... We wish you luck. Everyone's horny for vampires. This is old news. From the earliest days of the hairless Nosferati sneak-stepping into some Angelou's boudoir, people got excited about the idea of fucking dead bat people. And now vampires are at the cutting edge of fashion and passion. With pinup calendars, body pillows, scented bath salts, and more. So let's face it. Most of you want vampiric stuff close to your genitals. Well, now you can be hip-deep in vampiric fashion 24 hours a day. With Fruit of the Tomb Undead Underwear. Silky black velvet with red lacing frilly thigh cuffs, and little flappy butt capes. Now your pelvis can cosplay as Dracula while you toil away at work, and no one is the wiser. For other sexy undergarment options, check out Yes Mummy Zaddy, Bite Me Zombies, Ride in the Ghoulies, and Lich from a Rose. It's wrong and also illegal to do stuff with dead things. But if you put enough magical fantasy on it, I guess it's pretty cool. Fruit of the Tomb Undead Underwear. Keep your secret desires close to your heart. And even closer to your dick. As you rise from the denser pocket of atmosphere surrounding Nidrasil, you enter into the ether current. Across the entirety of the shattered world, there is a plane of gravitational stability. Within this plane, ships can travel fairly easily. It is called the ether sea. Every meter you move above or below this ether sea, your ship becomes increasingly unstable. More powerful ships with greater unity with their core are capable of sustaining this for considerable periods of time. But for the most part, the distant stars that dance above you are islands that will never be seen. You enter a pocket of moist air as you exit Nidrasil. 
these rains bring much-needed water to the islands that exist on this plain. Peppered throughout your exit trajectory are hundreds of smaller islands, carrying saplings of great trees that will one day drift out into the distance, hopefully repopulating and reseeding worlds that have been stripped of their life by the shattering. The Great Undertaking of the Four Sowers. I never thought I would see them with my own eyes. They're with you. I've heard of these, but I've never seen them. And frankly, it's stunning. Whatever barren land mass they collide with will be blessed with the seeds of nitrosil and flourish with new life thanks to their magic. Yeah, but don't get too close to them. They wield death as well as they wield life. These things got their own natural defense systems. Against those who wish them harm. Not I, Steel. Not I. This is good to know. The forests back home are very much the same. Respect the trees or else they'll fuck you right up. But this, he says, looking past the trees into this endless dark void of stars and swirling energy, is beautiful. Ah, I thought the horizons and the trees of my home were as picturesque as possible, but but look at it! He says, echoing his voice out as far as he can. I could gaze into this for all time. I get bored after a week. That one there, does it have a name? He says, points to a random star. That is Siobhan. And that one? Dennis. (laughs) (laughs) This will not stop anytime soon. Darlu will not get bored of this after a week and continue (laughs) to give just points names. I thought you said that one was Siobhan. (laughs) She moved. (laughs) She's going through something. (laughs) You know, Troth. You're a pretty weird guy, but you're right. There's no place like the open ether. Is this where you are from? Nah, I come from a place called the Midden. It's beautiful, just rolling dunes of gorgeous junk. And when the sun hits it in the morning, oh, you can smell it from nearby islands. Oh, when the winds hit the diaper gorge just right. Never say diaper gorge on my ship again. (laughs) First rule. Do you mean gorge as in valley or to consume beyond measure? Both are wrong. (laughs) Diaper gorge. Stop. (laughs) I'm fucking with you, Duchess. For a minute, I thought you were talking about the cleft, but it's a little different than that. Fuck your planetoid with a butt crack. (laughs) Where else are you going to put the exhaust? <laughs> is this the only speed this chariot is capable of? For now, I we go wind speed. Wind speed sometimes is proper unimpressive. But I'll tell you what, getting those ropes and riggins, lower the uh, sails, we'll go a bit faster. I've never been on a ship powered by wind. Ours use fire. You're welcome to pull any of those ropes you want. I can't climb my hands. Right. I didn't think putting you up there was a good idea. Thank you. He pats his skeletal foot. You are a talented swabby, though. Find him up. He waves his hand at the ground, and a portion of the ground just cleans itself. Cheater. <laughs> I've been stuck in a nostril desert this entire time. i got to use a dream a bit. These ropes over here, Droth says, moving forward, just grabbing some and starting to pull the knots and manipulate them in a very unprofessional manner. No, not that. 
Little help? Uh, no worries, I got him. Hey, hey, Troth. Uh, not quite like you're doing. I think you gotta hold these like this and these like this. And then we gotta make them flap faster. No, no. Gidrel, take the wheel. No, take it's like it from a, it's my like hands. It's like a bird. Hmm, <laughs> Captain. If I may have a moment of your time. So long as you're willing to help me untangle what they tangle, fine. Yeah, Lida and Troth are both just like covered in ropes trying to <laughs> untangle each other like this. I'm like a snake, yes? <laughs> I think so. I've never dealt with wind power before. This is a comedic length of rope. <laughs> <laughs> You and I are really going to break wind. (laughs) The purpose of this conversation is to help. Oh, thank the gods. All right. What do you need? Gidgel is going to gesture below deck, almost in the direction of the captain's quarters. We can go down there. We can head in. Captain's quarters is pretty bare. Haven't had time to decorate yet. It is what it represents, not what is contained within. Oh, yeah, I should hope so. Eventually... It'll be a proper trophy room. Now, previously, you asked to speak without being judged. And so I offer the same for myself. May I do as I did in Tabiseyadu and advise? Hmm. I will need someone with proper foresight and delicate understanding, even if that's not sailing skill. Mm. I'll tell you what. I mean in this moment. Ah, right. Yes, of course. Yes. Already, your first few orders on this ship have already been met with objection or indifference. It is clear that there are things that each of us do not know about each other. It is clear that you do not as well. They offer their knowledge to correct your ignorance. This implies that They have something over you. The sharing of this knowledge should be a task given by you if you are to be a leader. Usually, glibness like this would be met with lashing you to the post, leaving you there for a few days. But there are two problems with that. One, I don't think I could proper tie you down. And two, smooth and soft as you are, you got some fine points. That must be one of my favorite poetic compliments I've ever received. I appreciate you taking me aside before saying these. And if you're to be advisor, how do you suggest I go about letting them lead themselves by the nose? Mm. While it is natural that we all want to share what we know, simply announcing that a forum has begun implies that Every knowledge shared is with your permission. Ask them to present what they know. Their voices must be heard. This is not a dictatorship. But it must be done with your purpose. Suppose we have to figure out what kind of ship it is then. Right, up to the deck. Aye, Captain. When you come back up, you see that all of the surface of the deck has been immaculately cleaned using prestidigitation. <laughs> and right now, Foe is pulling a rope, the other side of which is attached to Lita, who is periodically being lifted so that they can access other things on the ship. See, I like that kind of coordination. I like that kind of mutual benefit there. 
Now kick off against the mass, see if you can get some real spin. Hey, lower! I said lower! All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Tension all ya. Foe, let's go with the rope. <laughs> <laughs> Another pile of ropes kind of rises up, all wound around a trough, like a kind of mummification of rope. <laughs> I have organized the twines, Captain. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my ass! At least the sail's down. Look, if we're to be cohabitating here for a while, working together, going from place to place, there's things I need to know about you, about who you are, about where you're from, about what you're good at, about what you want. We got a week's time, far as I've been told. That's plenty of opportunities for me to understand who you are. Once I know that, we'll know your role on the ship and your role in each other's lives just a little easier. You are, of course, welcome to say these things in front of others. But for the next several days, lest I say so otherwise, the Badflath's door is open, should you want to say them privately. First things first, though, since we're all here, I need favorite colors. Uh, Foe thumbs the lapel of his yellow coat. Ah, good'n. I enjoy the molten yellow and black, though it is a color I cannot wear. Well, I call you more of a spring. I don't mean because it clashes, but just that glowing molten rock will kill me. Oh, right. I mean, if you're a spring, little know what to do with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my favorite color is one that I invented called peen. It's a rusty yellow. (laughs) (laughs) It's a combination of pink and yellow green. (laughs) Pain. Not in a hurry to find that paint. How could one choose a single shade from the rich tapestry that nature offers you? It's brown. brown. (laughs) (laughs) Mine's a nice, rich, proper blue. Color of open skies, waiting to find what you need. Now that we know a little more about each other, I have some time to dedicate teaching you how to rig properly, should you be willing to learn. That's my cue. Uh, Foe begins to kind of limp towards the cabin. I knew nothing of boats, but would love to learn. Teach me the language of your tangling cords, Captain. Well, I guess if you tell me everything you know, which shouldn't be long, I can make it better. You're up, bad flapper. Wrong name, long day. Daralu, or Bad Flath and Noranen, will take the rest of the day teaching the lot of them the basics of the rigging. How to raise and lower the sail so we can try to make good time. The sounds of joy and frustration, teaching and learning, echo throughout the considerably empty ship. So much so that none of you hear the wincing and sucking of air through gritted teeth as Foe changes the bandages on his burning curse. Sir Benelir of Aldersholm, sworn guardian of the Cobalt Crown, known in both tavern and temple across the land as a man of honor and pride. It is said that the bravest choice Sir Benelir was ever faced with was when the sky was robbed of its blue, 
and the burning red day stars illuminated new chaos into his home. To find the source of the land's corruption, he had to steal himself and step foot into a portal of darkness, into the unknown. It is not the passion for one's home or longing for that which is right that defines bravery, but the unknown itself. Today I face my own unknown. I have taken charge of the heart, the great light from the sky that resonates deep in my soul, and I find myself escorting it onto a flying ship, crewed by outsiders, all of them strange and to my eye unnatural in their own way. But if there is one thing I have learned in my years protecting the domains of the land, it is that what seems unnatural to me may be where nature is thriving the most, with the perfect spark of chaos that keeps ducks flying north, ensures that water runs downhill until it is time to go up, and that keeps claws sharp with the dream of never cutting. And to the sky so shall I soar, as I vow to carry the honor of my homeland with me and devote my life protecting the heart. Wherever the Aether winds will take it, I will consider it an honor to get to know these strange outsiders as they too ride with me into the unknown. got a boat we got a boat we have got a boat we got a boat i want to see goblin peen um there are lots google, of websites for google that. help lots yeah. of websites for that uh no 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 <laughs> see no you'll you can find goblins with big asses uh, goblin goblin with huge asses. <laughs> actually i don't know if our eyes can see the shade <laughs> You'll need like those um uh those glasses they give to the colorblind yeah, to, to see a color first. Yeah. They they cry. <laughs> I was gonna say it was like a, a copyrighted color like that super midnight black the bean guy tried to do. <laughs> midnight black the bean guy. Yeah, tried yeah to do. exactly. <laughs> Art history with no actual definition. <laughs> Art mystery. Art, Art mystery. mystery. <laughs> Copyright this color. Yeah. Sweet you, Jesus. You can do it. It's wild. Here's a list of the words I have trademarked. <laughs> Peen. I can't remember. Did we have any new new things we were doing for outros? Ooh, or just... I thought about one. Oh. Is there a quote that would be like a good band or album name oh. that, that we have? Actually, when you say that, which is a very funny idea, um, we were also talking about having very like quotey names for the episodes, like something that happened in the episode that is a striking title for the mm -hmm. episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this would be a great time for us to remind each other we can like write them down. It's like there was there a super it's line a drop. Idea. Two thing two things I'd like to do. At the end of every episode, we'll talk about who's going to do the outro uh uh talk and who and uh what's a good quote for the line for the episode. Yeah. Okay. Uh obviously I think this one's troth uh, makes the most sense to me. Just being so like I'm brand new. What is all of this? Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say, uh, Troth or Daralu, because like, here's a new ship. What are we going to do? That kind of thing. But I like, I like Troth a lot more. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Especially since the first half is still on Nidrasil. Yeah. 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 The color of peen. The color, the <laughs> color <laughs> peen is the definitely. The new album. <laughs> it's a color I invented. Um, I don't know why, but that guy gives me goblin vibes. Let's, let's touch, let's touch deck. 
is up there too. <laughs> that's very good. But that's just my suggestion because we're like, sure, no, that seems fine. like a very no, musical fine. prior radio kind of game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I let's like let's touch deck mm. is a great album name. Mm. Great album yeah. name. <laughs> the color peen also. The yeah. color peen. That's the band. That's, that's, like, like, that's very Kenny G. Like something with Elder Knight. Yeah. Our three quarters cover band. <laughs> oh, that's not Fuck. bad. Oh. That's not bad. <laughs> three band members play a beloved band song, and the other one just improvises bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole. That's a whole show. <laughs> uh, that's non consensual jazz. <laughs> <laughs> but still, favorite moment of the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Boy. I mean, the scene of us making just a hot mess of the ship, <laughs> blowing ropes everywhere. I like how they, they go to a captain and go, yeah, all right, here are your sailors. None of them are sailors. Figure it out. <laughs> That's what happens when you show up and you're like, I already have a boat. And they're like, great. Then you don't need a crew. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Fuck you. I am I, also immediately liking the connection between Darulu and Gigil with just mm-hmm. like, you know, young and ambitious, but old and sage and having... Wanting to see them succeed, so offering them wisdom. It Way to take spirit. my favy Momo. Wow. <laughs> you usually pick whenever I sing, fair, so I assume you would do that. <laughs> uh, for the record, Lita does actually have proficiency in space vehicles. Oh, sick. There we go. Yeah, you just don't like wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a dumb way to make a spaceship. Yeah. It's pencil versus pen. God damn it. <laughs> I have proficiency land vehicles. Because I figured nobody else would have grabbed it. No, we just great. need to slap some wheels on this thing, and suddenly you get a plus two. Bingo! <laughs> I really liked uh, asking for favorite colors, and then of course, like oh, Dana, so good. Mm. <laughs> I invented Pete. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a gross-sounding color name. Yeah, I mean, that's that's Lita. Yeah, so bug. Other than the fantastic singing by Law, uh, I would say actually. <laughs> A little self-aggrandizing, but I loved the what letter comes after H? I by agreeing to this. <laughs> that was very funny. That was very funny. And Damn I it, it, Mr. Golden. What's the other uh, continent? I'm like, wait, isn't this guy from Nod? Shouldn't he know it? Oh, it's a bit. When it first happened, I thought it was like one of those like password protection, like make sure you're <laughs> make sure you're actually you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the contract has a captcha. <laughs> yeah, a captcha. Exactly. Captain Cha. Because there Cap- could be God like fucking it. doppelgangers Captain and, uh, and yeah. shit out in the void. I love mm-hmm. that. <laughs> shit out in the void. My, my I'm favorite, a black hole shitting into the void. <laughs> yeah. My favorite moment also has to go to Lita and it's when she just fucking starfished on the deck of the ship. <laughs> Description was excellent and I loved it. <laughs> Thank you all for coming. And coming and coming. Buckets. Out of your butts. <laughs> this is this is uh, really shaping up to be a fantastic season, and I'm excited to see the rest of it play out. And rather than drag you through a long, outgoing outro spiel, I'm just going to go ahead and say, we wish you luck. No, wait. First, I'm going to say thank you to Bree Golden, yes. our map maker. Thank you to Sam Hediger, our yeah. editor. And thank you, the audience. For kissing us on the mouth. Yeah. With your Patreon support. And I say to myself, preparing for this next episode, which I have not planned enough for, I wish me luck. (laughs) (laughs) 